0: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I'm Randall Carlisle. My usual co-host, Rachel Santizo, is home in bed sick today. So we hope you get better, Rachel. This is one of the most watched and listened to podcasts anywhere uh, having to do with uh, addiction and recovery. And our guest today is somebody who epitomizes the word I guess both words, addiction and recovery, right? Stephen Moore, welcome. Thank you very much. It's, it's, we appreciate you being here. And one thing we'd like to do, and it's not that, I mean, because a lot of people are in recovery and find recovery, but we, we'd like to feature success stories so that people out there watching who maybe have loved ones who are addicted or or maybe are battling an addiction themselves, see that it can be done. Mm-hmm. So... Tell me your basic story. How did it, we'll start out with the bad and and get to the good. Sure. Um, And
1: uh, I I like that you say success story because uh, part of my graduate candidate out uh, for Odyssey, the question is, why do you want to be an Odyssey House graduate? And the first thing that came to my mind was, I want to be a success story for this program that helped me get my life back. Um, Because I had uh, a relatively normal life at one point going into or in, in my thirties, I had the big house and holiday, the, the wife, the two kids, the white picket fence, the dog, like everything. Wow, perfect. Uh, I, I had a perfect life. I had a great job, and um, but I had addiction as well. I was an alcoholic, and uh, that was a huge part of my life, huge part of my story. Um, and I went through treatment ten years ago. Um, at a nice uh, Cirque Lodge, which is one of the most famous. It's as nice as you can uh, get. Yeah, uh, uh, recovery centers in the in the state, and um, or in the west even. But um, I, I went through there, and I just I didn't do it right. Like it, it worked for six months. I graduated, and I felt like I had conquered something, and uh, that I had won, and I'd proved everybody wrong. And, and that's not really the way. Uh, to stay sober um, i didn't stay connected i didn't stay uh, involved in the recovery community i just figured i'd, I'd figured it out and and uh, big mistake huge mistake <laughs> huge mistake and uh, so i decided that i was going to do it differently this time and um, and uh, i was desperate this time like i had ended up losing everything uh, homeless living on the street you' are kidding um, the, the home and holiday the white picket fence oh, that, i mean over the course of seven years i had just Lost it all. Lost my family. Lost my all my money. Uh, everything, and um, and wound up in jail. Um, and desperate for a way to get out. It was it was the pandemic, and so the federal courthouse was closed for seven months. Right. And so I got to sit in jail and think about it. And um, and I said, you know what? I'm going to go into treatment. I um, I wasn't arrested for anything drug related, but um, but I said, you know, I I have a problem. I have an addiction problem. I want to go through treatment. And uh, they were. They let me do that. They let sure. me go to Odyssey House, which was um, really intimidating at the time because I'd heard so much about the program, how difficult it was, and um, how the hardcore the, the people were that were in it. And so I felt really intimidated going into it. But um, thanks to people like Amy Delagarza, Garza, uh, the, the doctor from Martindale that uh, brought acupuncture, acu-detox into um, Odyssey, and the people at Odyssey, uh, I was able to like they say in the philosophy trust and then learn how to cope positively. And, uh, that, that was a big part of uh, how I was able to do it differently this time. Um, because I trusted what they were saying rather than me just saying, I can do this. I'll just stop. I trusted the process and what they were saying and how to change the behaviors and, and everything that they, um, gave me, I just absorbed and implemented and, uh, and made sure that I was doing what they thought was a good idea, rather than what I thought was a good idea, because my good ideas didn't work out too well. And um, and it's all it's all worked out really well for me. Um, staying connected, being involved in grads group, softball, uh, going back to the house to do give back, actually working as staff now uh, for Odyssey has all like all these little components put together have have kept me sober, and it's been easy. Literally been easy to not go back out because I have so much else going on that's positive and healthy and hopeful that
0: it's been nice to uh, to do you, it this way. You describe, I, if it, same thing happened to me. I was a functional alcoholic for so long. And when things came crashing down, I went to uni's IOP program. And the first time I went through, it was like, Oh, yeah, I can, yeah, okay, okay, I have to go to one AA meeting a week, so I'll do that, I hate it, but I'll go, and, and I, I, I performed the functions, mm-hmm. and I said the right things in group and everything else, but I really wasn't buying in to what they were saying, mm-hmm. and so I, after I got, graduated that course, I was clean for nine months, and then I relapsed and the second time i went through so it'd be the same as you you went to Cirque, then you came to odyssey the second time i went through the same program i bought into it mm-hmm. and and that's the big difference and and i've noticed with the people who who fail at odyssey or any other treatment program it's what is it humbling yourself or just sort of saying okay i can't do this myself i'll trust you is mm-hmm. it is that what you glean from the whole thing absolutely i uh,
1: back then I viewed, <clears throat> excuse me, humility as weakness. I viewed humility right. as like, like giving in or being weak. And now it's, it's, com- it's completely different, it's, it's strength. It's what makes me able to be happy and sober and healthy. It, being able to care about other people and have that empathy and be part of a therapeutic community still that, um, that builds each other up and, and is there for each other um, is huge. And I had a, a complete misconception of freedom um, back then, I thought of freedom as uh, my right to make choices, my right to, to choose things. And when you have addiction, when you when you have these uh, neurochemical imbalances in your brain, you don't have the capacity to make the right choices, the healthy choices for you. So you don't have the capacity to be free yet. Um, and so you have to go through this process and uh, and get your brain healthy and, and and work through it. And it takes a lot of time, effort, a lot of work to be able to have freedom to be able to have that freedom to make the right choices and so this time i've gotten that i've gotten i'm over two years clean and sober and and i have that thank you very much
0: and i have that ability to now make the healthy choice for myself i think that's one thing I, i facilitate a family support group uh every tuesday night and and it's primarily parents of adult kids who are addicted uh and and they don't under they, and they'll say stuff like you know when my kid was growing up he was really a nice kid or or daughter or whatever mm-hmm. and now he's telling me to f off every time I talk to him and 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 we try to explain that your brain is functioning differently because of the chemical that's in there, mm-hmm. I mean you know you you just sort of describe looking at the world entirely different,
1: yeah absolutely and you're right it changes your brain to where you you actually believe that you need that substance for survival. And so anything that's going to come between you and that substance is something that's, uh, you, that you're going to lash out at. And it's, it's really difficult for families. I've seen it in Al-Anon and, and in, uh, you know, family groups where they just don't understand. And I, I completely get why they don't understand because it doesn't make any sense for people to behave like that toward people that they love. Uh, but I was that person. Like i I've, I've been through that. I've lashed out at family and, and friends and, uh, loved ones. And, um, and it's embarrassing to think about now, but, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I know why now. And so now I know I never want to go back to that. Like, I never want to be controlled by something
0: like a substance. And the flip side is that while you're being controlled by that substance, when you say those things that you look back on now and you're embarrassed about, they seem to make perfect sense at the time, right? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, everybody doesn't get it. Everybody's just wrong right. about me. and you know, I You're my this. enemy. I can handle this. Yeah. Why, why are you telling me that I can't do this? I'm an adult. All these excuses that you come up with um, when you don't realize that, sure, you're an adult, but you don't know how to make healthy decisions for yourself. It's, it is, addiction is entirely antithetical to freedom. It's
0: completely It robs you of your ability to make the right choices. So how is life for you now? Are it's you amazing. Pretty- are you back in holiday with the picket fence or
1: not? Not quite. No, <laughs> okay. um, no, I haven't gotten it all back, but um, uh, working toward it and, and really happy about pro- my progress. Um, I wrote a letter to um, all the legislators about this House bill with my story and said, you know, I was two years ago, I was homeless and on the street and now I've got a great job, my own apartment um, I I'm, I'm doing all the right things now and it's because I was given an opportunity by Odyssey house I was given an opportunity to change my behaviors and live a healthy happy life uh, a life worth living and um, and that's what it that's what it's about now like I, I'm not I don't need to be back in a big huge house uh, like I, I take I take public transit now by choice I have a clean driving record I just don't want to buy a car um, so I uh, I'm doing things the right way the smart way um, to to be able to
0: build a life that is worth living the uh, let's talk about the legislative uh, you testified at the legislature Mm -hmm. and by the way our CEO was very impressed with your testimony and the way you testified you you were in our lighthouse residential program yes and there was something there was sort of an experiment that went on there can you can you describe that and and, and the reason i think this is important is next week we're going to have dr de la garza mm-hmm. uh talking about because she was part of the experiment but it had to do with what acupuncture yes
1: it's uh, it's called the nada protocol it's um, auricular acupuncture five points in the ear um that uh, they also call it acu-detox, and it helps with anxiety, cravings, uh, things that um, in early recovery um, are mm-hmm. an impediment to treatment, um, and it, it sort of brings, you have this, you're sort of raised, you're, you're, you're up here yeah. um, when you first come into treatment, and it brings you down to a level where you can actually engage and, and participate and, and be calm enough to get something out of treatment, where and and they have other they have medicinal um, uh, interventions like uh, suboxone and stuff like that, uh, but this is a non-pharmaceutical, non-invasive, uh, very simple procedure that um, they did I I was so fortunate to come in when they were doing this this uh, trial uh, because I was able to receive this acu-detox three times a week uh, for six months uh, and I credit it with keeping me in treatment keeping me from like flipping out and running out the door because that's one of the biggest problems we have is the first you know 30 days people are dealing with withdrawal they're dealing with uh, all the shame and the guilt and the 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 anger and and all the rules and all the frustrations and, and being locked down and so they go out the door and um and you know if they can if we can just get them to stay long enough for the magic to happen then they can get what i've got now um so what what we did with this bill or what they did with this bill and what i um testified to was that this is really important to help people stay in treatment long enough to get the help that they need um and it really really works and i went in i'm a total skeptic like i was a a A life sciences major in college. I, I, the scientific method is what, what matters. And, uh, with, with, uh, Eastern medicine, acupuncture, there isn't, there isn't really a lot of, uh, technical data on how it works or, or why it works, but I can tell you it works and that's all that matters to me. Um, and the fact that it worked, um, gave me the ability to trust, Dr. De La Garza and then the other clinicians um, and staff at Odyssey House enough for me to stick around and listen and, and do the work that they were asking me to do. And it all worked out. But it's because I was able to bring that, they were able to bring that level
0: down to a, a calm state where I could actually engage. So for people who have never, I, I did acupuncture once for smoking, I think. Uh, but for people who have never done it, describe what happens. They put they put pins. Yeah, there's these little tiny,
1: like hair fine needles um, that they put in five points in the ear, um, and does it hurt? No, it's a, it's just a little pin prick. But it does it's if you have a lot of tension or you have a lot going on, it can bring up emotions. Like it can bring up um, sort of emotional pain. And uh, there are people that um, the week before they were totally calm, and then the next week they're they they start crying and they're not really sure why because it, it does impact you it does impact you uh, significantly <laughs> um and they can't explain it to me but i d- i don't need them to because for me it made me calm it it made me focused it it, it helped me cuz it's in conjunction with a 20 minute meditation so you, they put these needles in and it kind of calms you down and then you meditate for 20 minutes and then for the next 48 hours you're good i i was i was good i didn't need medication i didn't need anything but um you know, the treatment that I was getting, the interaction that I was getting.
0: And they did this three times a week Mm -hmm. for six months. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, let me ask you, because I haven't, I I sort of saw the study, but just briefly, for all the people in the study, the ones getting acupuncture, did all of them stay in the program or not? Um, I haven't seen data on
1: on how many people made it through the program. Um, The people that I went through with, um, a lot of the people that were really engaged in the acupuncture are still in the program, uh, graduated,
0: and, and, and working toward living life. Describe the feeling uh, as best you can, because it's, it's, you're right. It's Easter. You know, I mean, acupuncture has been around for hundreds of years. Yeah. So we can't describe exactly what it does, but it somehow affects something in your brain. But describe the human feeling You Before you get the needles, then you get the needles in, Mm -hmm. in in a a meditation episode. Mm -hmm. Describe before and during and after. Well, I
1: mean, typically when you're in early recovery, you have a lot of anxiety. You have a lot of uh, stress on your body uh, and your brain because you don't have that substance anymore. And so you're you're just kind of freaking out. And couple that with being in a treatment center and being locked down and being told what to do and having to follow all these rules and and do what you're told. Let me Um, stop
0: you. It's not a lockdown. Right, <laughs> yes. you can walk out anytime you want, you can want. walk out anytime so, you so want. So, go ahead, yes. Uh, yeah. uh, but lockdown you, uh, sounds like prison, yes.
1: Yeah. So, well, okay. some of some of us are in there, uh, because we're court ordered, and right. so you can leave, but there are consequences, yeah. so uh, go ahead. But, uh, but yeah, you you uh, you feel like that, so you feel like stressed out and you just want to run. You have that fight or flight response right. that um, is elicited by these uh, by this addictive behavior, um, and when they put the needles in, I, I don't know how, but it, it just, it triggers centers in your brain and body where it calms you down. Um, it reduces the anxiety, it reduces the cravings, and it just allows you to be calm enough to focus on what's going on around you, which is the meditation, um, initially, which is very calming as well. Um, and you put that together and then right afterwards you just have group and everybody's kind of engaged and mature and calm and chill. And, and it's, it's way more effective than when you just like walk in and you're stressed out and freaking out. And, uh, and somebody wants to, to ask you to talk about your feelings and you're like, I hate being here. This <laughs> really? is the worst really? thing in my life. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it was really an amazing experience. And, Um, Like I said, I went through the the nice rehab, posh rehab years ago, um, and they had uh, things like yoga and stuff like that that would calm you down. But nothing, uh, nothing, not um, medications, nothing has worked as well as acupuncture for me. And again, I was a complete skeptic. I would never have tried acupuncture in another world or another um, situation because I just don't, I didn't have any faith in it. Uh, But... Um, for some reason, um, I I was in that mindset where I'm going to do everything they ask of me. I'm going to do everything they suggest to me. And uh, so I l- allowed them to put these needles in my ear. And then when it worked, I was like, <laughs> what? this is amazing. Why? Um,
0: but again, I, it doesn't matter why. It just works. So it should be something, it sounds like, in, in every treatment program. Hopefully it will be. Um, they use it at the VA
1: for uh, PTSD. They use it... Um, for uh, frontline workers and uh, like at disaster sites, like 9/11, they they use this ha- this protocol um, because it really works for reducing anxiety. And um, the reason for this bill was to make the the not a protocol more accessible to more people, so we would be able to have our clinical staff in house trained in it to be able to deliver it. Because right now it's not um, reimbursed by Medicaid. It's not a uh, it's not something where. Uh, people can generally afford three days a week um, for six right. months of an acupuncturist coming in. Uh, we just don't have that population and so um, being able to offer that at Odyssey house and other treatment centers that um, would be amazing It would be really helpful
0: I've seen uh, on one of our earlier podcasts <coughs> we uh, we had somebody who does what is it tie bowls or is is that what it is where you, where you have a bunch of bowls and and you run, and you make this hmm mm-hmm. sound while people people are meditating and this person uh claimed that when he goes around to treatment centers it it does virtually the same thing that you were describing. I remember doing the uh, meditations with the bowls uh at Cirque,
1: and uh it is calming absolutely. Um and it's calming in a way that uh Playing Bach while you're meditating is calming. Okay. Um, it's just kind of soothing. Uh, Acupuncture is different. There's actually a, a, a,
0: a chemical change, thing. a physiological
1: <laughs> change that um, that happens, and um, it's it's noticeable. They they gave us these surveys, uh, rate. Uh, A scale of 1 to 10, um, where your anxiety, your cravings, all that stuff is. And uh, they give you the survey before and after every time. And I was noticing a three to four point change in the categories, um, which isn't just me taking a deep breath. Like it was like an actual
0: change in what was going on. That's amazing. And skeptics would say, it's all in your mind. Wow. But Maybe, and she, and but it's actually a
1: neurochemical balance right. that's happening in your mind. So. And, it,
0: and it and it works. And in right. the study right. that uh, that the doctors at at Odyssey put out after after this, show, I mean, they're hard to argue with, right? Mm-hmm. But I can see legislators. By the way, the bill did pass, which is great news. So perhaps that'll be, Perhaps acupuncture will just be part of the normal routine mm-hmm. at Odyssey in the future. Uh, But I can see legislators as skeptics saying, "Eh, come on, you know. It was actually, I was pleasantly
1: surprised with the the response from the legislature. I sent out a lot of emails um, to the legislature and I got a lot of really positive responses. And actually in the committee meetings where I was testifying, um, they asked really good questions, really... um, poignant questions. and It wasn't uh, stuff like, well, you must have been smoking dope or something. No, no, no. no. Uh, one of the senators, uh, I think he was the committee head, I can't remember his name, but... Um, he said, it's, "It sounds like there's no downside to this. Like it's, there's, there, we, there haven't been any reports of adverse effects from it. And um, you know, it, he's, he likened it to um, horse therapy, um, where you know, right. fine. If you're, right. if if this is going to work, why wouldn't we? It's not hurting anybody. This is a great idea. Let's let's do this. Um, and so I was, I was really um, encouraged by um, the the empathy and the and the." forward-thinking of the legislature to to vote this bill in
0: Well, Stephen, now and, and this is one of the reasons Odyssey's program works so well is that we have people who are strong in recovery like you uh, on staff now um, And you're working at one of our residential houses. Mm-hmm. What do you do at, at the house? and why do you think it's important because a lot of our staff are in long-term recovery mm-hmm. why why is that important yeah um, I, I'm what's
1: called a client care mentor which is just a uh, uh, staff when uh, the clinical staff isn't there we, we work in the evenings um, and on the weekends and um, and we're supposed to just sort of model pro-social behavior and ensure that they're following the rules and doing what they need to do and keeping them safe um, and and I I went into it um, because I wanted to stay connected with the program and stay connected with treatment um, and to give back. Um, I was doing volunteer give back hours here at Redwood and at a number of the houses um, as a Voyager and then as a graduate. And then uh, finally, one of the uh, part time staff managers said, do you want to come work at the house? And um, And actually get paid. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And um, and it's been great. It's 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 really helpful Um, because my humility is no longer sort of, uh, you know, my, it's, it's no longer about my addiction. It's about helping other people, um, to get what I have to, and, and modeling that pro-social behavior. So they see that, um, it is possible and it, it's beneficial. Like it makes sense, uh, to, to achieve this because, um, life is so much better now. It's, I'm so much more calm and happy and, um, everything just sort of is working out, and they like the big book says, life becomes unmanageable. It, it does um, when you when you focus on one particular thing, like a substance, your life is going to become unmanageable because when nothing else matters, you right. know, th- right. it becomes uh, imbalanced. And what I get to show them when I go to work is that you can you can get your life back, you can find balance, and you
0: can have you know fun and be happy helping other people. And and the important thing is if I'm in our program in treatment for drugs or alcohol, um, I'm gonna trust and believe you a lot more because of your story Mm -hmm. and your path to recovery than if you were some outsider who had studied the issue of addiction but had never been there. It makes a difference,
1: right? Absolutely, perspective um, really helps and having been there really helps uh, to gain that trust. and then I can, I actually try to uh, explain my story in terms of having trusted in the clinicians uh, because that's so important. Um, when when the clients don't have a trust in the clinicians, they, they don't get the help that they need. And that was my problem the first time around. I didn't really pay attention or listen or think that they knew what they were talking about. I just did it to prove everybody wrong. And so I didn't, so I didn't do the things that they recommended when I left, like stay connected and, 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 and do the recovery support uh, plan. And um, so this time I, I really I try to connect with them based upon the fact that I've uh, been there. And then I also say, you know, you got to trust what they're telling you and what they're saying, because it's so important to do to do it right um, this time because you don't want to come back going back to treatment is not fun no I don't I don't, I don't want to do that and, and they don't want to do that either but um, they don't think in long term um, oftentimes and so um, it's important to not only build that trust to show them that um, it's possible to be successful but to tell them how to do it.
0: Why is it so important and, and I think I think a lot of people who go through a treatment program make the same mistake you did or I did is why is it so important to stay connected to the recovery community in some way? Maybe AA meetings, or as you said, softball, or or going to UCERA or something. And, uh, why is that
1: so important? There's this great um, TED talk, as Johan something or other, that um, it says the, the opposite of addiction is connection. And it's true. Um, staying connected through uh, the program, through other people that are doing the same thing as you, um, staying sober and, and being healthy, uh, it reinforces and validates what you're doing, but it also gives you opportunities to do things that are safe and healthy. Um, And that's what's important for me because um, if it's just me on my own, like I was on the road for years and years and years and the only connection I had was I'd go into a bar for dinner and uh, then I'd end up in a bar and that's not a healthy place to be for me. And so um, now I, go to softball practice, or I go uh, to the house, and if I'm not working, I'll go to the house and do give back or do something like that, um, because uh, it's, it's just more healthy. It, it makes more sense, and that connection, uh, it makes you feel good about yourself. It makes you feel like you're having an impact
0: and that you have uh, you know, people
1: you can lean on when you need to.
0: And, and I, I think for people watching, um, when we go out and do things in public, it's not being preachy like I have friends who drink or do drugs uh, and I don't ever say god you shouldn't do that now if they ask me what I think about it or you know I'll talk about how I feel about sobriety but I'll never pass judgment on people like that. No, you know?
1: no. So much of what we do is, is, is uh, developing boundaries and, and being able to know what's going to work for us and what's not and what's safe and what's not. Uh, but it, we would, I would never tell somebody else where their boundaries should be right. or what they should be doing um, because that's, that's not for me. If they ask, absolutely. I'll sure. tell my story, and, uh, um, and uh, if, if they think they need help, I can make suggestions, but um, I don't preach at all. We have about a minute left. How do you see your future? Where Where are you going? Um, I I'm really excited about uh, just sort of taking it easy and, and being uh, healthy and happy and and enjoying life. Um, I you know n- nothing's overwhelming for me right now. It's really I right. got two jobs, but I I can handle it and uh, I'm. I've, I feel better every day. I'm doing uh, good things, so um, I want to stay connected with the program, stay within within Odyssey, and uh, probably continue with the future with Odyssey, um, and I'll, you know
0: maybe make that a, a full time thing someday. We'd love to have you stay on. I've got uh, I'm going on ten years this year of, of recovery, and and the only way I can describe it is and you 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 said it very well, and and it, and it happened after I after I got sober, is I have more patience. Mm-hmm. I have more caring about my fellow man. I'm happier. Um, I'm calmer. I'm peaceful. I smile more. Mm-hmm. But, it, but that's a natural function of overcoming the addiction yeah. or dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, but, but it's hard to sell people on saying, hey, I'm a happy c- camper now, you know.
1: Yeah, and it's not. There's not instant gratification either. No, like no. you have to work for it, and you have to get to this point, and it does take a lot of work.
0: Stephen Moore has been our guest uh, today on Odyssey House Journals. You can cat. Well, you already know if you're watching or listening to this. But we're on. You can watch us on YouTube or iHeart or iTunes or Spotify uh, to listen to us. Uh, Odyssey is very proud to have you as part of our team. And and I thank you for sharing your story because p- people don't realize that when you uh, that's part of getting sober. But but it can be it can be tough to share stories, right? Mm-hmm. But that's how we learn. Right? Exactly. Yes.
1: Thank well, you very much,
0: Randall. I appreciate it. Thank you, and thank you for watching another edition of Odyssey House Journals. <laughs>